All I need are some tasty waves, cool buzz, and I'm fine. Hot diggity! By the way, ladies and gentlemen, as always, this stuff in lieu of actual entertainment. Alrighty then, hello and welcome back. This is Storytime and I am Gamer Dude. Glad to have you with us for some more stories this week. Today we're taking you back to my youth. It's August when I'm recording this, and August always brings around the feelings of the end of summer. Now, I don't know how it was for you, but when I was growing up, school started the first Wednesday after Labor Day in September. So August was the month that marked the end of summer. Now, as I've mentioned in other podcasts, the last weeks of August were designated vacation time by Dad, and that's what we did, because what Dad said went. Well, we're going on vacation at the end of August, and that's all there is to it. And that's all there was to it. That's what we did. So that meant that basically, the first two weeks of August were the last two weeks of my summer. It was the last time that I could do the stuff that I wanted to do. And of course, the stuff that I wanted to do always had to be intermixed with the stuff that I was supposed to do. Because we had chores and things to do. Yeah, as kids, we had responsibilities. We were responsible to do certain chores around the house. It's a little different these days. And I know because when I was raising my kids, it was a little different. And I'm not sure why that is. I guess our mentalities as parents have changed over the years. Perhaps we've wanted to make our kids' lives a little easier than our lives were. Not that I had that difficult a life, but looking back, when I was a kid, I thought, oh, I'll never make my kids do this. So maybe I tried to live up to that promise to myself. Let me stop myself before I go off on a tangent here. What I thought I'd do for you today is try to take you back to a typical day towards the end of the summer when I was a kid. And when I say kid, I'm talking, you know, 10, 12, 14 years old, before the evilness of high school sets in, before the hormones start kicking in, before puberty sets in. Those are your innocent days, 10, 11, 12, 13. Your neighborhood friends are still friendly with you until they get to high school and everybody sees, oh yeah, he's the fat kid. Then their attitudes change. Yeah, that's how it was for me. But that's not what this is about. This is about the fun at the end of summer. Now, those first couple of weeks of August, when the calendar switched over to August, and we were aware, don't get me wrong, we were aware when the calendar switched to August because we had vacation to look forward to because we always liked going away. It was always fun. But we also knew that vacation marked the end of summer and school was like five days away after vacation was over. Because we got back on Saturday, the Saturday before Labor Day. That's the way it always worked. So we had Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday as our last days of freedom. And then Wednesday, it was back to school. So the first two weeks of August was it for us. That was our last time to play kickball and croquet and softball and kick the can and hide and seek and bonded prisoner. I've talked about these games in other episodes of the podcast. That's all the stuff we did outside. That was the stuff we looked forward to. So we would cram our summer days full of this stuff. We would also cram our summer days full of trips to the park or to the ice cream place between us and the park or ideally both. But a kid's life was very different when I was a kid than it is now. Now, I was lucky enough to grow up in a house where my mom was home all the time. Some say that's lucky. Some say, oh, you poor kid. But you know what? I think it was kind of lucky. The time that I grew up, mom stayed home and dad worked. We had a couple of working moms in our neighborhood, 
but they worked in the school system. So when school was out, the moms were home. And that was the default. Moms were home and dads were working. So there were always moms at home watching their own kids, cleaning the houses, preparing the lunches, whatever the moms do in the traditional old school way that moms used to work at home. I'm not saying that's better. I'm not saying it's worse. I'm just saying that's the way it was. But moms being at home meant that they were there to supervise everything that you did. And that supervision included making sure you got your chores done. Now, when I say chores, I'm not talking about we had to go clear the back 40 with a backhoe. I'm not saying we had to go milk the cows. I'm not saying we had to go sweep up the barn. But we did have chores that we were expected to do. For instance, one of the first chores we were supposed to do was make our beds when we got up. We were supposed to do that. Did I always do it? I found shortcuts. So it would look like I made the bed. But I remember mom came into the bedroom and taught us how to make the bed. She taught us how to flatten the sheets. We had to flatten the sheets out. And she taught us how to make hospital corners. You know how to make a hospital corner in your bed? I do. My mom taught me at an early age. She also told us stories about how in the military you could bounce a quarter off the bed. That's something that stuck with me. So she told us how to make the bed and how to flatten the sheets and how to lay the blanket flat and how to fold it backwards so that you could put the pillow on it and then pull the blanket up over the pillow so it looked nice and neat. You know, like in those pictures you see at rental homes or homes for sale where all the pillows are nicely set beneath the bedspread. So yeah, I learned that and I learned how to measure the appropriate length of the fold so that the pillow set right perfectly on the fold and then you would fold the blanket over and have that little line where the pillow lies. Oh, yeah, we had to do that. And when I say we, I'm talking about my brother and my sister and me. I was the oldest, had two younger siblings, but we were all expected to make our beds. Now, of course, I learned a shortcut. If you pull the blanket up over the pillow and just kind of tuck it in the edge of the pillow, you don't have to do all that careful folding. Just pull it up over there. Just tuck, tuck, tuck. Looks pretty good from a distance. Mom wasn't acting quite like a drill sergeant. She'd just peek in the room and see if it looked right. If it looked right, I was good. So when I learned that there wasn't really an inspection... My bed making got a lot quicker and a lot easier. I still did it, just kind of my way. Got me out of the house like three minutes quicker, so. The other thing we had were chores in the house. We had things that we were supposed to do in the house. And these were assigned to the various siblings depending on age and depending on who did it last. There was the yucky job of having to clean the bathroom. Now, we didn't have to dig deep into the bathroom. It wasn't like we used scrub brushes and Clorox bleach on all of the grout. But we did have to use the scrubbing bubbles. You know that spray that you spray on everything? We had to spray the sink with that. We had to spray the countertop with that. We had to give it a good wipe down. My recollection is that was about twice a week we were supposed to do that. And the other thing we had to do? Clean the toilet. Well, it's your toilet. You have to clean it. Thanks, Mom. But she was right. She taught us the responsibility. Clean up after yourself. And the cool thing about cleaning the toilet, I know, is there a cool thing about cleaning a toilet? There actually was. Back in those days, you didn't have that little squeeze bottle where you would squeeze the thick liquid under the rim and let it drip slowly down into the bowl and then go after it with a brush. Back in those days, they had a dry chemical powder of some sort. I'm not even sure what was in it, and you can't find it anywhere anymore, so I'm sure it was deadly poison because they stopped making it. But it was really cool as a kid because you would pour half of that bottle into the toilet and it would start foaming and bubbling. It had blue crystals in it. It had white crystals in it. It was made by Vanish. I remember that. And it always made me think of a witch's broth or a witch's brew as it bubbled and looked cool. And whatever those little crystals were doing, it was cool to look at. So after the bubbling stopped, you'd have to go in there with a brush and scrub it out. 
Then tap the brush off so you weren't bringing water out under the floor because we don't want water on the floor. Make sure you don't get the floor wet. If you get it wet, you have to clean it up. And then you'd flush it away. Yeah, I don't know what was in that stuff, but boy, it worked. We had really clean toilets. So toilet cleaning and bathroom cleaning was only one of the chores that we had that would rotate between the kids. There was also the floor buffer. Again, this is a thing that doesn't exist anymore. But if you've been to a shopping center or a mall or a supermarket and you see that big floor buffer that they bring out to shine the floors, we had the home version of that. Now, I'm not sure exactly what it did because it's not like we actually waxed the floor, but we were supposed to buff the floor. So imagine one of those giant floor buffers that you see at the supermarket or in the mall with a giant pad that spins around and the guy pushes it around and shines up the floor. Imagine a home-sized version of that that a kid could handle. Like I was 12 years old, I could handle it. But ours didn't have a soft pad. Ours had stiff bristle brushes on it. And you would turn that on and it would start buffing and the brushes would brush the floor. Looking back, I don't know what I was buffing. I have no idea why we would buff the floor. But we would sweep the floor up with a broom and a dustpan and then we had to buff the floor. That was one of the chores. In addition to floor buffing, there was also vacuuming. We had the vacuum cleaner. We had to walk that through the house, up and down the hall, in the living room, in the dining room, in the family room. And vacuuming was always an adventure because we always had a different vacuum. Not because we bought a lot of new ones, but as you know, my dad went to auctions and that's where we got our vacuum cleaners. Why would I spend $50 on a new vacuum cleaner when I can get one for $2 at an auction? My dad had his rules and that was one of them. He's not buying any new vacuum cleaners. They're $2 at a garage sale. Look, I got this one for a buck at last week's auction. Every vacuum was different than the last, and no vacuum used the same vacuum cleaner bags. So he would always have to find the vacuum cleaner bags to fit whatever vacuum he'd found. Sometimes we'd have an upright vacuum. That's the one where you just hit the button and bend it, and it just vacuumed and sucked everything up into the vacuum cleaner. Other times we'd have a tank vacuum, and that was that little tube on wheels with a long hose that came out of it and an extended wand where you would use that to vacuum the floor or vacuum the rug. And no matter what kind of vacuum cleaner it was, it sounded like a jet engine when you fired it up. I don't know why it was, but back in the day, you would hit that on switch and that vacuum would just, it would be loud. It would be loud. And the other chore that had to get done was emptying the dishwasher. With a family of five, with a bunch of kids dirtying glasses and plates, with dinner every night, every day the dishwasher would get filled up. And before we went to bed at night, my mom would turn it on so that by morning it would be done and the dishes need to be put away. This was the most tedious of the jobs we had because you had to put the forks in the right spot in the drawer, the spoons in the right spot, the plates had to go in the right spot, the bowls had to go in the right spot, the glasses had to go in the right spot. My least favorite job of all, emptying that damn dishwasher. Now, I don't remember the rotation of these chores that we had to do, but they would rotate between the siblings. Now, some of these jobs appeared on Dad's magical job chart. I've mentioned this before. He had a chart listing seven days of the week, and many of the jobs were broken down on the chart. Set the table, clear the table, do the kitchen work, empty the dishwasher. And each of the jobs was assigned to somebody. But other jobs like making your bed or cleaning the bathroom, those were randomly assigned, depending on Mom's mood and who was around. But once the chores got done... The summer fun could start. We could go out and play. We could go do whatever. We could call up our friends. We could go to the park. We could go do anything. Because when I was growing up, when you were ready to go outside, you went outside. Mom didn't follow you. Dad didn't follow you. There was nobody to follow you. You just went out. 
If you went out before lunch, if you got all your chores done, all you had to do was be home at lunch to check in, have something to eat, and then after lunch, you could go back out and play. Now, what was the play? Well, it depended. It depended. If it was a sports day, we would play kickball or softball. I mentioned croquet. We actually played croquet. Once again, thanks to my dad, he would find these croquet sets at these auctions. Who buys a croquet set? My dad did. 50 cents. So then we figured out how to play croquet. You put the wickets up throughout the yard and you had these wooden balls and these wooden mallets and you had to smack your ball through the wickets in a certain order and hit the post at one end and then reverse course and hit all the wickets on the way back and hit the stick at the other end. The beauty of that game was if you struck somebody else's ball, you could put the balls next to each other, hold your ball with your foot, then whack your ball, which would cause the other person's ball to shoot across the yard to however far you could launch it. The object being, make them have to go a long way to get back onto the course. That was one of our favorite things about croquet. How far could we knock our friend's ball into the next yard? Now, of course, some days it was too hot to be playing outside or running around. Ray had a pool. Ray was the neighbor across the street diagonally. So if it was okay with his mom and okay with my mom, we could go hang out in Ray's pool for a while. That was always nice. But we weren't always allowed to go over to Ray's pool because my mom liked to go swimming. Mom was a swimmer. She liked to have her time at the pool or at the lake, depending on which was open, and she liked to swim. So if she was going swimming, we were going swimming. That was the only time that we didn't have the freedom to do what we wanted. If mom wanted us to go with her, we went with her. And no, we couldn't bring our friends. It was hard enough for my mom to watch three kids. She wasn't going to watch three more with a friend for each of us. No, you can play with your friends when you get home. We'll only be a couple of hours. (laughs) Okay, mom, but we were going to play kickball. That didn't matter. If mom wanted to go swimming, we went swimming. But that was only a couple of times a week. Most of the time we were free to do whatever we wanted once the chores were done. On rainy days, if we couldn't play outside, we couldn't go swimming, we always had our board games. And when I was growing up, we played all of the classic board games. We didn't have things like Yu-Gi-Oh! or Magic or any of those card games when I was growing up. All we had were classic board games. And when I say classic board games, Monopoly, Risk, Careers, Clue, Masterpiece, All of those classic Parker Brothers board games, we had those. So on rainy days, we would wind up in somebody's basement, sometimes mine, sometimes Ray's. Or at my house, we had a screen house set off just out back where my mom liked us to go. If it wasn't raining too hard, the screen house had a nice roof and a picnic table inside. And mom would make us go outside, even though it was raining, because it was dry in the screen house. And when I say screen house, that's exactly what it is. It had a canvas roof and the walls were made of screen. So you had breeze coming through. It was pleasant enough. You were in the woods, so you were in the shade if it was sunny out and protected from the rain if it was raining out. And so to keep the noise level down in the house, mom would send us out to the greenhouse and we would set up a game of Monopoly or a game of Risk or whatever game we were playing on the picnic table in the greenhouse. Playing did not stop at sunset when I was growing up either. Sure, we would have to take a dinner break because all of the moms made dinner and everybody was supposed to go home for dinner. But after dinner in the summer... We were able to go back outside and play, even at night. The two nighttime games that we played were Manhunt and Flashlight Tag. There were variations of the same thing, in that you had to run through the woods or run through the fields and try to find the other players. Whoever was it had to go find everybody. Manhunt was straight-up tag, really. But Flashlight Tag was a slight variation because the person who was it had to carry a light with them, and the only way you could tag the person was to get them in the beam of light. And so this led to a lot of lying in ditches and hiding behind trees. We would tend to go further into the woods because it's harder to get somebody with a flashlight beam when there's trees between you and the person who's it. 
So Flashlight Tag was a different take on the classic game of tag. And we had fun with that. And I do remember those last Fridays before we would go away on vacation, because vacation started on Saturday and went Saturday to Saturday, two weeks. So that Friday night before we were going away, it was kind of like, oh, have a great time, we'll miss you while you're gone. It was kind of sad because we were done playing our summer games with our friends. We wouldn't see them for two weeks. And when you're a kid, two weeks is a long time. And so we always met that Friday with mixed emotions. We were excited to be going away to vacation, but we were sad because we were leaving our friends. And that Friday, in my head, always kind of marked the end of summer. Because vacation was always fun. But once we got back, it was always getting ready to go to school. The last four days were always focused on getting your stuff together to get to school. So that last Friday before we went away on vacation which was in mid-August, that always marked the end of summer for me. In a lot of ways, it was. I love the summer, and I love going to the beach, and I love doing things in the summer, but I always get a little melancholy in August because I remember those days. Oh, yeah, summer's just about over. Now, as I've gotten older, I don't worry so much about August because September is a cooler month to me. I like going on vacation in September more than August because the crowds are down, the temperature's a little lower, As a grown-up who just kind of likes to hang out on the beach and not worry about running around and playing games, I kind of like September a little better than August. But I can't help but remember those dog days of August in the winding down of my summer vacation. Yeah, I had to do my chores, and yeah, I had to do my part around the house, but I always had the freedom to go out and play and do whatever with my friends. And that was the best part about the summer. So whenever August rolls around, I still remember those days. And there's a part of me that still misses them. Don't get me wrong. I loved vacation too. I talked about vacation in another episode of the podcast. You can check that one out if you want to. I loved going away to Chincoteague with my parents. That was fun. It was hanging out on the beach. It was a great time to be a kid. But vacation with your family was always different than vacation when you're on your own and doing whatever you want. That was summer vacation, man. You could do whatever you wanted with your friends. Go anywhere you wanted. Do anything you wanted. You were like a free spirit, and those were the best days when you could just go and do whatever you wanted. I kind of view that as what retirement is going to be like. I hope. (laughs) I hope that's what I have to look forward to. I hope retirement, when I get there, is a perpetual summer vacation. I can do whatever I want. That's what I'm hoping for, because those were the best days when you could just hang out and do whatever. Well, I hope you guys have some good rest of your days in August as well. That's going to do it for this episode of Storytime. Thank you so much for listening. I hope your summer has gone well, and I hope the rest of it goes equally well. And until next time, you take care of yourselves. And I'll see you when I see you. 